All right, this is Call Her Daddy with, oh, with me, Rebel Wilson, hi. And go. I almost like crushed my finger in that. I just want to yeah. let you know no one's ever done that. Oh, really? I always, when I see these, I always just want to go. Just a little clap, clap. Big camera, big camera, main camera. Rolling. Yeah. This episode is directed by Rebel Wilson and produced by, written by, Stardom. What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Rebel Wilson, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Hi, Alex. Hi. It's so great to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm obsessed with your outfit. Oh, thanks. Well, it's actually my girlfriend designed oh, it. It's so, so good. It's so cozy. And it, it's just so cozy. They're the best to like lounge in. And that's what we're doing now. So. Guys, the one day that I'm not wearing a fucking hoodie and sweatpants because I wanted to look professional for Rebel and <laughs> she shows up in my exact uniform that I'm usually in. I love it. You are one of the funniest actresses of our time i'm obsessed with you you're so talented this is great for my self-esteem already (laughs) you're also a new mom to baby royce yeah the name is amazing how did you pick this name i wanted something that started with r Mm -hmm. and then and i wanted something that i didn't think anybody else had um and then i came up with royce i don't know maybe i saw a rolls royce or something there's some store here in West Hollywood called something like Royce Interiors or something as well. And I saw it a few times and I was like, yeah, Royce, like Royce. that could be cool. I don't know of anybody else who's called their baby that. And so I was like, we have like quite unique names in my family. Like mm-hmm. my niece is called Sovereign. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just like, oh, yeah, Royce sounds like good. And then I told my family and they're like, no, that's a shit name. Oh. Like, And my mum sends me like a list of. 50 other names starting with R, like Raven or thing, other thing. And I'm like, no, for some reason I just like Royce. So that's going to be I love name. Royce. But we call her little Roycey, <gasps> which is cute. And Are you going to get her a Rolls Royce? Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? That would be amazing. Your birth name is actually Melanie. Yes. So at school, like primary school and high school, people knew me as Mel, really. Wait, and so when and why did you decide to start going by Rebel? So Rebel was always my name. I was named after a little girl called Rebel who sang at my parents' wedding. She was like a little six-year-old little angel and my my mum loved her Um, And because my mum was a school teacher so she was in my mum's class. And so I was named after her and then my father said, there's no way we're putting that on the birth certificate because I'm going to go to a Christian school. So they're like, they won't accept her if her name's Rebel on the birth certificate and whatever. So I grew up like knowing my name was Rebel, but on my birth certificate was Melanie Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I was an adult, I was like, well, now I'm going going by Rebel. Like, and it kind of worked out. Like it obviously wasn't Uh that I wanted a stage name or anything, but it was like, oh, that's my name. And that's what what I'll start using as an, as an adult. And it just... I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's weird. Some people, only people that have known me since childhood would call me Mel sometimes and it freaks me out now. But it is kind of cool. You have like an yeah. alter ego. Yeah, kind go. of like a Sasha Fierce <laughs> situation. But like, uh, but I don't know, but it's, it's not like my personality change or anything. It okay. was just that yeah. I officially changed all the documents over. Love. Over to Rebel. And then it kind of worked out because I was only a law student at that time. So it worked out that I became an actress and have a cool name.
This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. So you grew up in Sydney, Australia. What was your social life in high school like? Um, okay, so I started high school. We start in like when you're like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Our high school, it's a little bit different. We don't have middle school mm-hmm. like here in America. And for some reason, I was in the cool group. So I get, I start my new high school and I get in the cool group. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, like how did I even do this? And then... Like the girls say, um, oh, we're going to go smoke behind the gym. So are you coming or what? And I'm like, oh, I don't smoke because like, I didn't know what else to say. I didn't smoke. And so they kicked me out of the group. And then all the other little groups, I went to an all-girls school and all the other groups had formed. So and like literally like they'll sit in a little circle in a quadrangle and, you know, a bit like Gossip Girl or whatever. <laughs> and... Um, and But all the other groups, there was no room in the circles. They'd already made their own little circles. So everyone had a group except for me. And so I had to, my first year of high school, every day I went to the library, had my lunch just by myself because I all the other groups had formed and I had no group now. And, I mean, but for three days I was living it up in the cool group. <laughs> Wait. Being like, oh, they're like, how did she get in the cool group? Whatever. And I was just like, what, a, you know, and then, but then I get kicked out and had zero friends for the whole year. And then luckily the next year of high school, these other girls go, oh, meet us at the language labs but at lunch. And I'm like, what, are they going to try to beat me up or something? I was like so scared. And then I come and then they had all these candies and stuff and they're like, surprise. And it was my birthday. And I was like, oh, how the hell they know that? And then they'd thrown me a surprise birthday party lunch as a way to say we would like you in our group. And then that's how I got my first group of friends at high school. The group thing was like the cliques, like in Mean Girls and stuff. Like it was very much. Also, that's so much like a movie. The fact that you were like, because I didn't smoke. Yeah. I was out in three days. I was out and like ostracized and like had no friends. And yeah, it was terrible. But I, but then in high school, like then I slowly started. Uh, coming out of my shell more I was pretty shy Mm -hmm. at the start of high school and then um started coming out of my shell and forcing myself to do stuff like public speaking and debating and and then I became weirdly the most popular girl at the school so I was I went from I know what it's like to be so unpopular that you literally have no friends and just are like so depressed and to being like the most popular and my 16th my sweet 16th birthday party had a busload of gate crashes from a whole other school 
that like just heard the party was going to be super cool and like come. It was like oh, the police had to come like four times. It was like one of those parties you see in movies. Yes, yes, yes. like turns into a total nightmare. Like for me it was because I thought the house was going to get burnt down or some shit. And then but my 16th was just like the most popular thing. So I know what it's like to have be on both sides of the fence of popularity. In I can heavily relate to that because like when at my freshman year I had like – cystic acne to the point where i would you like, did but oh, your skin's so oh, oh my god so perfect now oh well thank you and the, the only reason i ever accept a compliment for my skin is because i was like i've been through like four fucking rounds of accutane but i remember yeah. the first year i was like i am like going through it i don't even want to be friends with myself because of how bad <laughs> i look like holy fuck and oh. then by junior year i was like i am like thriving miss popular like so i felt the difference yeah, between you, lifestyles yeah and i know what it's like i really know what it's like to have zero friends and then i know what it's like to be the most popular and you have different problems depending yep. on yeah like. but i had like this snaggle tooth and then i had this chain my mum was like i had a tooth up in the roof of my mouth like oh yeah oh. that's probably a great visual um and then anyway my mum decides she's uh, going to get in the hospital and they're going to put a chain up on the tooth to drag the chain to the tooth slowly to position. So I'm like got this chain inside my mouth. I'm like the dorkiest girl at uh, the start miserable. of high school. I know. Why? They could have just removed the tooth. You just had a little chain. Yeah, and a little chain would just slowly drag it down and pull on my face why do i think like, now that's, that's trendy yeah oh it looks great uh, yeah you i mean i have phenomenal teeth, teeth now yeah oh but. you're like yeah i know now <laughs> now i feel like that would be like a tiktok trend where like kids have yeah. like chains on their fucking teeth back yeah, in the day you're right. like getting bullied for yeah it. but it was like <laughs> oh it was painful like imagine a tooth being dragged all the way i can't <laughs> slowly over 18 month period and then you know but how was your dating life in high school okay so i had one high school boyfriend oh god I'm, i hope people don't listen to this in Australia um I had one little high school boyfriend called oh. Peter hi Peter if you're listening um and he went to the boys school next door mm. and so how we met the boys was that we did uh, theater productions and that was our only interaction with the boys so I was like hell yeah I'm going I'm going to audition and going to be in the shows um and he was the stage manager at the the boys school oh. and then so he was my little first little boyfriend and then what happened is I went on a family holiday to Disneyland uh-huh. and then he kissed one of my friends at a party. So I was like, Peter. God damn it, Are you, it's over with. Although I feel like I dumped him, but I looked back at my diaries recently and apparently he kind of just said he wanted to be friends with me <laughs> and showed me that by kissing one of my other friends. Um, but it was such a big deal at the time because uh, by that point I was very popular and so all the girls had to come to me on the first day of school when I got back from school holidays and say, oh, Peter kissed Leanna. And I was just like, oh, that's it then. He's dumped. And like I tried to be tough, but I was like really upset by it. And then I, I think I wrote him a handwritten letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic. Just to, yeah, because this was before cell phones or of anything. Course. And then and then it was just over with. And then I was like, that's it, boys are trouble. Like, I'm never going to, like, date again. I'm, I'm just going to have a career. And I, I knew, I always knew, like, I wanted to have a great career and I wanted to live overseas and do all this stuff with my life. And I was like, yeah, boys are a distraction. Like, fuck them. And I'm not be yeah and because yeah it wasn't a great first experience but weirdly like I never was upset with my friend that had kissed him oh that was your direct friend yeah she was in my group 
What did she have to say for herself? Well, she was very apologetic, Mm -hmm. said it just happened. But because she told me the full story and he didn't, I was like, I was always supportive of her and she yeah. was, she was a good friend. I don't know how. Yeah. Well, yeah. Are you I should have close? maybe been a little bit angry with her. <laughs> but it was yeah, all Yeah, I still, fault. I still, I actually weirdly just got her tickets to Disneyland when she came. What? With her husband. Yeah. Just recently. So. Wait, yeah. that's amazing. You're so close. No, with, like, she, was, she was a great girl. I don't know how, I blame him. I, I blame yeah. him too. Fuck yeah, you, Peter. Fuck you. Um, yeah. Do you have. I'm do, over it though. Like, yeah, we're done. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's totally fine. Like, we weren't just reading the diary yeah. entries, like, two days ago. Yeah. We're over it. <laughs> Did you have any childhood or teenage experiences that heavily impacted the way that you feel around the idea of, like, falling in love? Oh, God. Probably the biggest ones was, well, my parents got um, separated mm-hmm. when I was 16. And, and that was, like, awful. Like, just awful. Just, mm-hmm. like, parents fighting going you know having to lose the house and move out and my mum was a single mum with four kids and so uh, at that point so I was like my idea of marriage it's like not like I never saw any good marriages Mm -hmm. or happy people in relationships so I think uh and then my mum was like yeah go out into the world and have a career so like don't don't be like me she had me at 24 and she was like just get out there so I basically put like blinders like horse blinders on myself and was like okay I'm gonna go to college I'm gonna um have a career I'm gonna make a name for myself I'm gonna make money and and I was like no love no relationships because it'll only bring me pain and I know now that that's not true but as a teenager witnessing like what happened to my parents I was like oh I don't want that so you feel like you kind of stayed to yourself for quite some time yeah and you didn't have any urge to date no so what happened is in my 20s I never dated anybody not one single person not like people were lining up trust me like they weren't they weren't like I was I don't know still a bit feral Mm -hmm. um they so I literally went on not one date it was only really when I became a successful Hollywood actress that I started started kind of softening and uh yeah but before that I was it was kind of like I guess like Olympic athletes how they have this focus Mm -hmm. because to make it in the entertainment industry is really hard especially when you're like no one from Australia and you come over here and so I just had to have like these blinders on and was like I thought that if I was in a relationship or something it just wouldn't help me as a person to have a career. Now looking back in hindsight would you what advice would you give yourself in your 20s? Well, the weird thing is it worked, like, mm-hmm. but I was very lonely. And again, I look at my diaries and, go, and she, I'm like, oh, yes, if only I could have love. Like, like just like, oh, all these sad things I write in my bloody diary. Um, I, I found them the other day. That's why I was like I looking love at this. them. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I was such a loser. Um, but it's just like... But then the thing is it worked. Like, uh, I mean, I had to be very focused on yeah. my career to make it. The odds of making it it's so small and, 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 it, and it really did work. And maybe if I'd found the love of my life at 25, maybe I wouldn't have ever come to Hollywood and I would never have 
have made it in that that bigger way so it kind of worked but I sacrificed and I didn't have really any social life or or love life back then what insecurities did you have within yourself if you were going to try to date I'm like someone who's so like a body positive person but I think at the same time you can be so confident but you can also have like I don't know, like not confidence. That's a terrible way of explaining it. But so like I had a thing called PCOS. So when I was in college, I rapidly gained like um, how many kilos, like almost 50 kilos, mm-hmm. like so to say 100 pounds. Um, and I rapidly gained it. And then I was playing kind of like the fat, funny friend as an actress. I was like never the love interest or never like and, – and so I just kind of thought in my real life – that I was a great friend to people and like if I'd meet guys or whatever, I'd be like, you know, like they'd think I was hilarious and like want to hang out as a friend. Uh-huh. But I I did always, I think that, oh, well, they'd never romantically like me because I was so overweight, which is totally the wrong way to think about it. I just wasn't uh, loving myself. But uh, I think it's hard to explain sometimes because I can be so – body positive and confident in some ways but the one way where I wasn't was in my love life Mm -hmm. I just I don't know I was just like um uh people say there's a thing called chubby chasers or whatever and like I never experienced anything like that being a bigger girl I only experienced um where people were like oh you know oh they just want to be my friend and got it after you know I or I think I'd going on a date and then it was like oh no we just wanted to hang out because you're fun and cool but yeah when I think about like pitch perfect Mm -hmm. in the movie you your character calls herself fat Amy yeah and you're like I'm gonna reclaim this name like if I say it no one else can did someone write that for you or did you come up with it so well weirdly I'd played a character called fat Mandy in Australia on a sketch show um, where that character goes to fat camp essentially and he's like, oh, I thought this was about celebrating fatness. I didn't know this camp was to lose weight. Like how shit is that? And so it was a real like body positive thing. And then I got sent the script by Kay Cannon, um, got back in the day over Facebook and, um, and she sends me this script and goes, I hope you're not offended but the character's called Fat Amy. And I, and I looked at the script and I'm like, oh, what's she talking about? And then I read it and I was like, no, Fat Amy, I think, is like the best character in the whole movie. Like, of course, I'd love to play it. And um, and so and it really didn't offend. I guess, you know, it's not. Yeah. It was like to me that was kind of distinctive about the character. And I love playing her like so much. And like, we, God, we had the best fun on Pitch Perfect movies. And to me, like, it was just awesome to play her because she's just so confident and, and ballsy. And, and I have like part of it is me. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of the Pitch Perfect's not really acting. It's just kind of just like us hanging out. <laughs> um, but like, uh, but then there was another part of me who wasn't, confident and definitely wasn't confident around guys and was like oh god did you struggle with then your career of people like wanting to be like you're this character and you're like hey like I want to also work on myself or what like whatever it was it kind of I mean I did wait until pitch perfect seemed like it was over I couldn't you I couldn't lose a massive amount of weight um because I was in the contracts for that movie you can't lose I think it's more than not more than 10 pounds or, or gain more than 10 pounds yeah wow. you have to kind of stay at the weight it's like in your contract um and but I'd been thinking for a while like 
oh, I wanted to get healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was stereotyped um, in playing that fat, funny friend, which is so hard because I love those roles. Like, I mean, I love doing the roles. I love those characters. But then I did want to do more things, but I, I felt like um, – yeah, being the bigger girl, you're just more more pigeonholed. And then as I was approaching 40, I was like, and I was like, oh, well, and really it came down to like a fertility thing. I went to see a fertility mm-hmm. doctor and he was like, well, you know, you'd have a much better chance um, with fertility if you were healthier. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, what's he talking about? Because like my life was like a Lizzo song where I'm like, you know, bad bitch o'clock, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. Like that was my life. And then I've got this stranger saying, yeah, but you're not healthy. Look at you. And and then it really hit me hard because I was living a fantastic, bigger life and then didn't have any serious diseases or anything. And I was like, oh, shit. And then that made me kind of re-examine. I was like, well, yeah, if I think about it, I mean, doing things that aren't healthy. And because, I, you know, I didn't have a great love life, so I was normally like at home at nights, you know, just eating ice cream and eating chocolate or whatever um and which was comforting at the time but it wasn't like a great move overall and so I just like slowly as I was turning 40 then um became became healthier This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Daddy Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. So when was your first like real adult relationship and how did you find yourself like meeting this person and what was the vibe? I think I'm a, I'm a pretty late bloomer mm-hmm. when it comes to love. And, and that's why like I try to tell young women out there like don't stress about it because you can be fine and have great sex and everything like it just might come later. And that's, that's all right. Like you don't need to be stressed out about it. But yeah, but I think my first real relationship was 35, which is really quite late. I mean, not in New York standards where the average age of marriage is like 40, but, um, but yeah, but I was, I was 35 and basically one of my other Bellas, Hannah Mae Lee had set me up with this guy, Pitch Perfect 2 had just come out. Um, and I was just like, and he was just so confident and, and lovely. And, and, and that was my first like serious relationship where like, you know, he met my family and, uh, and all that stuff. And it looked very serious at the time. And then, yeah. So it was, yeah, but uh, that's late. I know a lot of people would be, would say like, well, I don't know, 17, 18. If you're stressed listening to this being like, I haven't found the person for me, like you're a testament to like, 
don't stress out. Yeah, if you're like early 20s, I think you should just be like working on your skills. Yes. Like working on your business mm-hmm. and just like not even worrying about it really because it, it will come. I did read that uh-huh. you decided to say yes to every single date that you were yeah. asked on for a year. So basically, because I knew like I was not very experienced in dating, I didn't date at all in my 20s. So um, I think it was um, 2019 and I called it the year of love. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to get on a dating app. I'm going to like anyone who asks me out, I'm going to like have to say yes. doesn't matter who they are. Nobody, it's not like I advertise this. So <laughs> the people in prisons would be like writing to me. Um, but it, I, I just, I told my friends and then I was like, okay, it's whoever – um, and Carly, like, uh, we went to Aspen to kickstart it, right? So the first day, January 1st, four dates, oh like, back to back. And we were like, the concierge is probably like, what the hell is going on in that hotel room in Aspen? It's four dudes she's with. And I was like, that's how I roll. So we started off strong. And, and I actually uh, went on about, probably dated about 50 people in that one year because I felt like I needed and – and it was – true intentions like I wanted to find love it's not like I was trying right. to use people or anything um I was trying to find love and I, I I was trying to make up for lost time and and just go out on these dates so I got very good at going going on dates and you have some funny stories of like people like because sometimes on the dating apps you never know with people but you've got to give it a go and, and try totally totally yeah totally. wait okay that is fucking iconic mm. because what is that jim carrey movie where he literally just it's like yes man oh uh, yeah yes everything like that. that's i'm picturing you being like so exhausted someone asks you on a date you're like yeah oh here yes. we go again <laughs> yes here yeah we go again. okay what time what restaurant okay i mean um, because it's so so much effort dating it's you so gotta exhausting. look good. You gotta get a blowout, like, um, and you know, and then because sometimes you know you go on the date and then you can tell within the first minute like this is not it's a thing. Not but I'm such a polite person. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit through the whole dinner for like two hours and be like, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> tell me more about your cat or something like. And I just like because you're polite and they've put in the effort to come and you're like. And then you just go home sad because right. It makes sometimes you it makes it worse, right? You're like, yeah. oh my god, I feel I've never felt more alone because I feel so disconnected from that man and his cat. Like yeah. I just can't be me. I'd just rather be alone. I'm assuming there were some wild ones. Well, okay, there was one guy who apparently worked for some space program or something because he he'll know who he is, um, and he was like <laughs> brought a rose and said, "Would you mind like putting this rose in your mouth like this?" And like, and I'll dip you and would take a photo. I was like, oh, what? Yeah, sure. Like, and then like never heard from him again. And I was like, did he just go on the date? Because he wanted to take a photo of dipping me kind of with a rose in my mouth. It was so weird. Did the photo ever so, resurface? Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, oh. I don't know what he did with the photo. I or, think I know what he did with the photo. Really, rebel. I don't, little. Well, every night. I little, don't know. Oh, oh, he's coming. But then he never contacted me ever again, and I thought we had a nice lunch. It's like a weird fetish. So, yeah, but weirdly, like, okay, you got to be safe when you're meeting randoms from the internet. So I would always. So I was lucky. I was never in a sketchy situation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Because I like always met it in like I would never go around to somebody's house or whatever like yeah, no yeah. way, totally. um, but I was trying to think what else. well one where like you think the guy's normal height, and then 
I met him mm. and he was quite small <laughs> and it just would have looked weird. Like it would have, you know. It wasn't for you. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> it wasn't for me. That's and so fair. I was just like, oh, uh-huh. but I, I tried for the two hours to yeah. have a nice conversation with him. And then, yeah, but oh, I just, you know, and then you just feel like you've wasted a whole night, a whole Saturday night. And you're like, oh, gosh. That's um, what I feel like most people when they're on the apps and when they're trying to get out into the dating world, it's like, how did you keep the mentality of like to go on to the well another I just felt one. like this is one year yep you know and I've got to put in the effort and you just it's like a numbers game at times and mm-hmm. you've got to get put yourself out there and get used to putting yourself out there and even though it's hard like it's annoyingly hard I was like oh god it's much easier to stay at home on the couch and so um, eat takeaway but I was like nah okay I'm doing it for this year and I'm focused on it and I did meet some awesome people do you remember what like the best date was where you were like okay that was like fucking normal like thank god uh I'm trying to think there were oh, there's this lovely guy called Chris who who I dated from Raya the dating app and he was in the music industry but was just like a really nice guy loving guy and um and and then just how he kissed me after the first date um and I and I was just like oh like it was so nice yeah it was so nice and he was just a gentleman and like yeah and so that and I I did end up dating him for a few months yeah you know what's funny though I remember going on a series of dates and always wondering though like do I really like him or did he just come right after a really bad one? Yeah. And so now I'm like, oh, he's doing bare minimum. He like opened the door and like, I'm like, this is, this is right. This is a good vibe. Well, from all that experience, you kind of learned what you like and what you don't mm-hmm. like. And that was something I didn't have from going to an all girls school and then not dating. What did you uh, learn that you so, like? I mean, well, like that thing about the bare minimum, I've seen a lot of girls put up with the bare minimum and and settle for dudes that are not like quite giving them a lot. Like it's not a fair deal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a way. Uh, and so um, then there was this one guy and then, I don't know, I took him to like a Ram- LA Rams game and like oh. some nice dates. Oh and then, but then I was noticed – He's not setting up any of the dates. It's like me inviting him to stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm. you know what? I don't like that. He's not putting in the effort. That's it. And then I dumped him and then he was quite shocked. Uh, quite a good looking guy. And then I was like, well, you didn't put in the effort. And if you're not, and, and I, but I would never have known that. Had you not, um, yeah. Yeah, had I not gone on all these dates and seen how, you know. Yeah. People treat you and seen what I liked and didn't like. When you look back, what do you feel like you like really learned about yourself throughout that time? Even though it was, I called it year of love and uh, it was really about me finding like my Mm self-worth through it. Mm -hmm. Even though I thought it was about uh, finding a husband at that time, I was like, oh, okay, this is what it's about. It wasn't really about that. Mm -hmm. It was really about... Um, self-worth and knowing that I was lovable and and finding that out. and I know I was like a big successful movie star but you still struggle with like oh well maybe I just meant to be people's friends all my life or you know not never supposed to find that one yeah. um, person and that connection that's amazing did you ever struggle with that of wondering if the person was like in it for the wrong reasons of like they're with me because I'm famous or I'm funny yeah once I became like pretty internationally famous from pitch perfect really yep. when I was 32 like I did then start to you do for a hot second go but then I had the opposite 
of a guy who came to a premiere and had a panic attack because of the um, uh, the kind of attention. And I had the opposite, so where the fame was a hindrance um, to him wanting to date me. So, oh but the majority of the time you find dudes would kind of like it. Right. Uh, the guy with the panic yeah. attack, you're like, wait, I love you. Let's keep you around. Yeah, you oh, I was, uh, I wanted to date him more after that. You're like, that's um, the sexiest panic attack I've yeah. ever seen on someone. Oh, he was so cute, but it wasn't meant to be. What is the hardest breakup that you've ever been through and how did you come out of it? Uh, do you know what's weird? I'm I'm the one that breaks up with people. I've not been... Broken up? I, no, I've not been like... Apart from that high school thing, which was a bit grey area. Peter. Yeah, uh, apart from that... Oh, wait, no, there was one person. There was one person who said they didn't want a relationship with me and it like crushed me um because we were like texting and messaging for ages for like mm-hmm. months and months and then they go no they have to focus on their work and not on me and can't have a relationship and yes that time I can't believe I forgot about that were but you that completely was, blindsided uh, yeah because you know if you're messaging someone every mm-hmm. day like mm-hmm. multiple times a day and stuff you you think there's something there oh yeah but then when we're in the same city and then they're like nah and then I was thinking, well, why are they messaging me all the time? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that that one actually. But that wasn't a – I wasn't in a relationship. Yeah. It was just uh, communicating. With texting relationships, yeah. it can be completely addicting where it's like mm-hmm. your safe space and like – but it's also really detrimental sometimes because it's not real. You can have a complete separate life and no one know who you're texting. And yeah. so, and it was like this thing I had in my mind and I was like thinking, oh yeah, well when we do get together, then it's going to be this whole thing because we know each other so well mm-hmm. from the texting and, uh, you know, uh, voice messaging and everything. I love a good voice message. Love, love a love good that. voice message. Uh, I do like five minute soliloquies on the phone all the time, to, you know. So it's just like... I felt like there was something that when I asked my friend Matthew, he goes, oh, you know, you were thinking of the castle when you hadn't even bought the land yet. And oh, it, and I was like, like I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was thinking ahead, thinking this was going to be something. And then, yeah, and then I was, I was let down. But that was, that hurt. That really, um, and as a person in the public eyes, so I'm not going to say who it was, but like, oh, I was like, oh. yeah. So I was just like, oh. oh. But, you know, I was investing a lot texting every day. But, and correct me if I'm wrong, you probably never did that type of situation again, right? Where you was all texting. Well, now I'd never, uh, some people call it uh, emotional masturbating or something where you like, if you meet somebody and then you're like, oh my God, okay, our kids would look like this and we could live here and I could, yeah, I'd give up parts of my career for them. And like like you you think you've pictured this whole future. And you're not even dating. And you haven't even, yeah, like you haven't even had a relationship yet. Emotional masturbating. Yeah, that's what I've heard it's called. Oh, I'm going to use that all the time now. I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be great is it gonna have this life with this person <laughs> like, and he's literally like rebel we haven't even like had sex like, yeah we, yeah I don't even see you I won't take you out in public You're yeah, like, yeah. Oh <laughs> wow okay so daddy gang listening remember if you are like in the world don't, of texting you have to meet the person and that's why when I met my current girlfriend Ramona mm-hmm. we it started with texting and talking for two weeks before we met in person but I was like fuck this I'm getting on a plane I'm going to meet her because I'm not going to get into another situation of 
you know, texting. Yeah, for six let's months talk about and, your relationship yeah. because that was my next question. Like, so you, how did you meet? A mutual friend called Hugh set us up, who'd known me for like eight years and her for like five years, and yeah. but we'd never met weirdly. Um, and and he was just like, I, I was having all these problems with guys, and he was like, maybe you should just date Ramona, and and I was like, oh, who's this Ramona? And then he like introduced us, but we had this like immediate connection on like the voice texts. Like I heard her voice and I was like, oh yeah, that's sexy. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm going to go and meet her. And I flew from Australia just to meet her. And to confirm, was this your first relationship with a woman? Uh, yes. Yeah. So were you surprised that you were like falling for a woman? Um, well, there were signs when I look back at back at things. There was definitely signs. I, I thought I was straight-ish. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think I was 100% straight, but I didn't know how to label that um and and especially on the dating apps and stuff like where they're like oh you have to tick what you are or something and I didn't like that right um so so like there were definitely signs and I'd kissed a woman in a film uh, a lovely French actress Charlotte Gainsbourg who's so classy and French I'd kissed her about six months earlier and that was I see it that there's like an opening of mm-hmm. we have had a few friends who have kissed women in tv shows or movies and then kind of then like, went <gasps> into a same-sex relationship because I'm interested no like after that film moment where you were like yeah huh you just didn't do anything about it just it. was like oh it wasn't such a big deal mm-hmm. I was like ah. Oh. Well, I just kissed a woman and it's not even that big of a deal. Right. Whereas I guess when I grew up in a very Christian uh, environment, it would have been a huge deal in the high school to say you were also attracted to women. or Totally. Like it, yeah, so it was just a part of my personality I never quite explored. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then it kind of, I think having a few little things happen and then meeting Ramona I was just open to it I was still a bit scared like because it was different to dating guys and and but then it was just like oh she was just so awesome and and we just had such a good deep connection like right from the get-go and so I was like oh see it all things off and then it felt all yeah it felt right so how did you navigate because you're such a public figure like how yeah. did you navigate coming out publicly well like it wasn't something we hid like I remember we went to the Vanity Fair Oscars party and stuff together and and it was like it wasn't a big deal I didn't think like in this day and age you have to like come out or anything I didn't really you shouldn't have to no and so <laughs> I so it was like we weren't hiding it we were just slowly telling people um and our families and, and stuff and and I wanted to make sure it was a really real thing before I told certain yeah. people. And then, um, so yeah, but then this journalist threatened to out us in Australia. And so I had to do an Instagram post and make it, cause I didn't want him to, it's right. not his story to tell it, it's mine. And so I was like, well, screw you. I'm just gonna put it on the internet then. Mm-hmm. Um, which was probably, I was probably close to doing it anyway. Yeah. But it just kind of sped it up. And I remember my mum had to go around to my grandparents' house in the middle of the night to tell them so that they didn't find out on Instagram because they would have felt out of the loop. And I got two grandparents in their 90s. And so that was pretty funny in hindsight. Like grandma and grandpa promised her in the loop. But yeah. the uh, psycho reporter over here is about to drop a bombshell. So let me tell you first. Yeah, so let me tell you I'm dating a woman and her name's Ramona. They love her now. Like they like. Yeah, I was going to ask coming from like a, you know, Christian family, like how did your yeah. parents and your family handle it? My family was just so amazing. It was incredible. It was like, uh, and I go, 
mom, you remember Ramona who you've heard on the phone? She's like, yeah. I go, oh, I'm dating her. And she's like, oh, and Ramona's a woman? I'm like, yeah. And you're dating her? And I go, yeah. She's like, oh, that's great, darling. Like literally not a second of, um, I don't know. I didn't, you don't know sometimes. You can see your parents are cool with gay people and whatever, but you don't know until you actually tell them as the daughter oh i am totally. now in a same-sex relationship you don't know how they're going to react and but it was nothing oh my god my family was so supportive ramona's family they're a bit even more they come from like eastern european countries so mm-hmm. they're not as mm-hmm. accepting but hopefully it'll yeah it'll turn around so you know but my family was like they were so Awesome. Do you have advice for maybe people that are not in the industry that are wanting to come out to their families and like don't know how they're going to react? But like, well, first of all, like I, I mean, I was like a forty-two-year-old woman, <laughs> and and like I'm very successful and a boss bitch in so many ways, and so it's hard. Like it's it's awkward, and you've got to have these conversations, and not just once. Like often on multiple occasions, I first said sat down my sisters, and I'm like. Guys, I have something to tell you. Come in this bedroom now. And um, they come in and because they come over for the Super Bowl. And then I was like, so you're meeting somebody tomorrow, Ramona, and I'm dating her. And blah, blah. I was like, but like, because that was, they were the first people, uh, family right. members I told. And God, it was awkward. Like, and then luckily they just said, oh, that's great. You know, like they didn't care. Yeah. Um, but you feel like it's such a big deal. And I don't know why it's, because it's not like with straight people they have to Come talk out. about their sexuality or whatever and you, like I never when I was dating guys never had to have that conversation like hey guys I'm dating this guy right um and yeah so it was just I don't know like it's I I, I really I understand how how mm-hmm. hard it is for people and and especially if you come from a conservative family like I have like how hard it is to to do it but I was met with nothing but love and positivity by it so I was like oh and it was so nice like it was so so nice and I think the best thing is just to live your authentic life and like you know I do see people in the industry you know hiding who they are in in public and stuff and I just it was like the moment I met Ramona and I knew it was a real thing and we just we were slowly telling people but um but yeah that that whole uh yeah, I I just didn't want to hide it. I yeah. I thought, oh god, it's 20, 20, 2022 now. Like yeah. you know, you can just be whoever. When you look at this relationship with Ramona, like how is this relationship to you, who you are in it, what it means to you, different from like all the past dating experiences, relationships that you've had? It was from like dating all these dudes, and then I'd always be like complaining, like, oh well, that dude like is not romantic. And then Ramona from our first ever Valentine's Day, I mean, she gives, gave me this little um, bracelet that's got two hearts to signify her and my heart. Very cute. little thing from Tiffany's. And then she made me like wait in one room while she decorated the whole house. And like she had a whole menu of activities for Valentine's Day. Like I've never had that. Like a whole <laughs> menu of like activities and things and she brought all the decorations. Like it was the most romantic thing ever. And like, and I was always saying with dudes, I'm like, oh, they're not romantic. Like, I put in effort and and try to do nice things, and they never do nice things. And then the, he was somebody that just like blew me away with how thoughtful and kind she was, um, and and caring. And I was like, it was insane. It was like the best 
Valentine's Day I've ever had. That's amazing. Were you in the process of having a baby before you met Ramona? And like, what yes. was that conversation like to start yeah. a family together? So I'd already been doing the fertility stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'd already had the surrogates. Um, and so, but I didn't want to, because I'd had an experience with uh, where it didn't it didn't work out and we had a miscarriage with the first surrogate. And so with the second one, I wanted to wait till like the first trimester was mm-hmm. over. But this was like literally a few months into dating Ramona and I have to say, oh, God, I'm having a baby. Um, and I know this is something that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it's too much for you and you want to leave me, like I totally understand. <laughs> Like I kind of said it with a sad face on. Like if you want to leave me, like you can. And she was just so great about it and was like, oh my God, like I, I adore you and I'm going to adore your baby probably even more. And so she was so great. I wonder whether it was a dude if they would have mm. been that accepting of a child mm-hmm. that wasn't their biological child. And I do think, God, maybe it was fate and I was meant to meet her then. And yeah. um, and then Ramona was right there at the birth of the baby. She wasn't originally supposed to um it was just going to be me in the room. And then we're like, oh, well, Ramona's here. Like, oh, yeah, okay, come. And we, we watched the baby pop out together. <laughs> like, How has motherhood changed you personally? Oh, a lot. Like it changes your life. Um, and But I feel like I was in such a place like ready and uh, and I've been trying for a few years to have mm-hmm. a baby. And so like she's just my little miracle, little Roycey. And she's just so cute. But it's so hard like – to all the mums out there watching, like, it is so hard. I, like, yesterday I don't think I put on clothes till 4 p.m. <laughs> it's just in my nightgown, walking around with a baby. Like, like I get so feral on some days. I mean, obviously I'm put together today because okay. I'm come to talk to you. But I was, like, it's it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's hard. I have to probably be more discerning about what jobs I take now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so in a place, I was so ready and so stable, have such a good life that I'm ready to like give a lot to my child so now. And it's, but it's, a, it's such a blessing, but it's so hard. Totally. How has your relationship between you and Ramona changed since having this child? I think it's like only gotten stronger. We're like such a team and like, I think it's just made me and Ramona like an instant family and yeah, yeah but we'd, we'd been dating for like almost a year by the time Rosie arrived. Let's talk about your new dating app, Fluid. Okay. Why did you start this? What has your like experience been with apps in the past? Tell me about it. Um, well, like I've had a bit of experience with dating apps because I was on Raya, mm-hmm. but then I was like, what if there's somebody out there like me that doesn't quite have a label on their sexuality? Um, because it was weird when at one point I went on Raya and ticked the box for interested in women as well. It felt like because you t- tick interested in men, interested in women. And I, I was like, it just felt weird to have to label myself or categorize myself. So I was like, well, what if there was a dating app that didn't have to do that? And then there's so many studies that um, uh, like there was one study in 2020 with Gen Z saying that 48% of people in Gen Z identify as being sexually fluid. And I was like, okay, it's got to be it. I'm going to like create an app with my friends, call it Fluid. And it's where you don't have to categorize or describe either yourself or what you're interested in. The app just learns 
by how you vibe with people and how you're what you like you know the profiles you like and stuff and it will learn kind of what your preferences are without you having to say oh I'm bisexual I'm pansexual Mm -hmm. I'm straight I'm this you don't have to say um it's just you're open to love and you can get on there without any labels or judgment and like um yeah find a find a match so when can we cutting edge guys it's cutting edge cutting edge and you can download it valentine's day that's perfect because it's the day of love it's the day of love yeah and normally i was the kind of person who was like so sad on valentine's day (laughs) i'm going oh i have no love I buy myself flowers. I did that in high school once. You did? I bought myself, like, you know, with an anonymous card. And then I walked around all the other girls with my bunch <sighs> of flowers going, oh, somebody's, like, really attracted to me. Um, <laughs> like an idiot. Um, I love it. But but I guess, you know, I'm in such an awesome place now. And, and so the creating fluid was just, like, to create something that I didn't feel existed and, yeah. and to help other people find, find love in however form that will be which is awesome. I have one more question. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I had Adam Devine on Oh, uh, yeah, last my work week. husband. Oh, last week. Yes, last week. And oh. so I asked him, I want you, if you can, to impersonate Rebel, and then I'm going to have her impersonate you. Oh, that's so hard. I feel like she's just going to be like, I'm Adam. <laughs> <laughs> just with like weird energy, just bouncing all over the place. Okay, I got it. Okay. Hello. It's sort of British. Hello. It's me, Rebel Wilson. I'm the lead singer of the Beatles. <laughs> I can't do it, Alex. I can't no, do it. No, it's so good. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. I literally, I was trying to do it earlier and yeah. I was like, that's why she's iconic. I can't do it. Hello. I- I'm Rebel Wilson. <laughs> I'm the, uh, I'm, I play bass in Oasis. I and she's Australian. She's not even from England, but I don't know how to do... I think you're fully do... doing English, an English accent. Because I, I can't do Australian. He was struggling so hard. He's like, fuck, like, why can I not get this? I had to play a I'm video I'm really hard to impersonate. It's so hard. Like, I'm really no hard. No one can do... They you. tried to do me once on SNL and they're you're like, not. Nah. My voice is really hard to do. Which yeah. is great. I mean, you're very unique. There mm. you go. Do you think you could do an impersonation of Adam? <sighs> He's like, Adam just does all these faces like, I like that. Like that's my impersonation of Adam. <laughs> like, what is it? and then he does these dance moves all the time. He does this a lot. And he does um, the man splits, which are like, he's, he's <laughs> freakily flexible and he does the splits. But his voice, I don't know. Huh. Hi, guys. No. <laughs> I sound like a South Park character. Hey, guys. Um, but, he's hard. Yeah, he's but he normally does these traces and he does this a lot, <laughs> like that. <laughs> he does that it's so accurate. Yeah, um, but yeah, I call Adam my work husband because we work together on so many things, and like he's just the cutest. So good, Rebel. Thank you so much for coming on Call Her Daddy. Uh, it is such a pleasure. <laughs> Wait, don't you feel like Raya? I used to be on it. Raya is so interesting to me because 
I when I was living in New York, I mm. used to be on it. Yeah. And I would be swiping around and it was like New Zealand, England, California. And it was like, <laughs> I am i can't go on my first fucking date to Australia. No. Although like Ben looked beautiful and it looked like it Wait, could be Wait, I think I went out with an Australian guy <laughs> called Ben. Was he like super hot? It's probably the same guy. We have totally dated the same Hi, guy ben. as Rebel. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want zero dollar delivery fees? Try DashPass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today.